as far as the east is from the west. And glad for the salvation that we have in Christ and the fact that, um, you know, we don't have to sort of tiptoe around our God. He cares, He loves us, but He's forgotten. I appreciate that song. Thank you, Caleb, for that. Let's turn our Bibles this morning to Jeremiah chapter 29. And uh, we'll get there in a little bit, actually. Uh, if you can, also just turn to Genesis chapter 1 this morning. And I want to give you a thought today, just a, I think it's a mindset that God would have us to have. And I wanted to say thank you also to the church just for um, just, it's been a good week. I tried to spend some time in the office and uh, get to know just the day-to-day sort of happenings of our church and really enjoyed that. Wanted to say thank you to the men who, um, especially the men who cooked and did the barbie on uh, Friday evening and just the fellowship there had a great time together. And then I know that um, the, the ladies had a great time at the high tea um, yesterday morning and uh, know that um, that was a special time for my wife and, and Vicky came along as well. And so thank you for the, those uh, times of fellowship. We've really enjoyed that. Um, but I want to give you a mindset today. You know, I think sometimes when we, uh, when we go through, um, th- through life, there's some things that God would have an expectation of us that sometimes we, uh, we're not mindful of and sometimes we even make excuses about. And we're going to start here in Genesis chapter, chapter 1. Look at verse 22. And he's just, um, he's just spoken to existence, the, the world that we look around and we see. And he's also just created the, the creatures that live in the, in the oceans, uh, winged fowls, as, uh, as, uh, as John alluded to, the, the birds, all right, Papa Eagle. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember that nickname. But notice verse 22. Notice now as, as God looks at all of that, all of these creatures. Verse 22, And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. And fill the waters in the seas, and let fowl multiply in the earth. And so we understand that this was, this was the, the time where the, the, the world that we live in, it's just been created. It's uh, still untainted by sin. It's still perfect. And God, He looks at the creation that He had just uh, spoken into existence, these creatures, and He says, be, be, be fruitful and multiply. And he's, he's, he's saying, increase. Now skip down, look at verses 28 to 31. And God blessed them. So now God creates man in his own image. He creates a, a, a companion for man, the, the woman, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good, and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So now he's commanding the same thing to the, the man and the woman, those that he had given the stewardship over this God and this world that he had just newly created. And again, the attitude that God wanted from, uh, from these ones who were his, his uh, stewards of this place was that they would replenish the earth, that they would be fruitful and multiply. 
So the mindset that God had for, for the beginning right there in a, in a perfect environment was that they would be fruitful and multiply, that they would increase. And I think we would understand and I think we would agree that, well, that's pretty easy to do when all of the conditions are right. You know, we're taught in, in, in school that when you want to plant something, there's certain conditions that it needs to be uh, to, to have for, in order for there to be growth, in, in order for there to be increase. And uh, no doubt many of you, you would have had some sort of, um, some sort of experience perhaps uh, planting something, seeing something grow, and you understand that there's certain conditions that need to be met in order for that to happen. And you can look at the, the example of the Garden of Eden. It was perfect. It was the perfect conditions for this. So, of course, um, this command, it's possible, isn't it? It's possible in, in perfect conditions. And, and that's, that's often our mindset about, about growth and increase. You know, if we take care of, of all of those things that, that uh, will be conducive to sort of, uh, to, to, to ensure growth, then it'll happen. You know, for a plant, the seed has to be, planted in a certain season, in a certain condition, when, when a, a crop doesn't come, what we do, we, don't exam, we examine the, uh, the conditions and then we look at how we can adjust that. You know, for children, as we see them grow, for a child, a, a young mind has to be free from distraction, right? The, the best teachers and instructors then uh, must be given and we tend to look at the environmental factors, when a child goes through, and you know, as parents, we look at schooling and education, and we look at that and we go, well, how well does that school teach? We're looking for the right environment so that our children would increase. And so we're, we're often just concerned about the, the, the environment, the sort of the conditions in which a, a, a plant or a child needs in order to thrive. You know, for people, if you're going to put together a, an organization, maybe a business, you want to be able to ensure that it's the right time, right, to start that business, that you have the right resources, you have the right uh, policies and procedures, and you have the right plan. And all of that is good, and it's, all of that is a natural way of thinking about it, isn't it? But often it's, it's those environmental things, those things that, that are conducive to growth that we then they say, well, that's why it grows. That's why that thing is the way it is. There's a, all of those things have been, um, have been set aside and that those things are in optimal conditions and therefore we expect growth. And, and we ought to have that mindset. We ought to make sure that, you know, all of, we understand our children, how they work, and we, have, we produce the right environment. Uh, you know, in a church setting that, that we have... Uh, environments in which our children can come into a Sunday school setting and they learn the right things. Make sure there's no distractions, they're not tripping over cords and all of that and, and ensuring that they can have somewhere to sit. And, and I think we understand that. But the problem is that, you know, it, it's not always ideal conditions. You understand that what we read in Genesis chapter 1, that was the, if we could, if we could define a perfect environment, that was a perfect environment. So there was no excuse for there to be no growth, for there to be no replenishing, for there to be no multiplying, for there to be no fruitfulness. There was no excuse there. But what we do is we'll look at a, a, maybe a, a situation where it's not quite perfect and we go, well, it's okay if there's no increase. 
It's okay if there's no growth. But the problem is, actually, in, in, in all reality, however way we want to make sure things are done well, we live in a post-fall world, and we live in a, in a time, in a, in, a, in a place where there's imperfection everywhere. And so let's look at this in Genesis chapter 3 now. Look at Genesis chapter 3. So now sin has entered into the world. Now man has sinned, and, and because of sin, death and the curse. And we see then, notice God's instruction, and, and there's going to be some similarities here. Notice verse 16, Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Verse 18, Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto, that, unto dust thou shalt return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because he, she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. And notice that, and the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. Now lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat the and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out man. And so he drives him out. But before that, there was an expectation still of children, of tilling the ground and growth. There was still an expectation of multiplying and increasing. So actually, the, the environment in, in which God put man, even after the fall, in which, can I remind you, that's where we're at right now. We don't live in a perfect world. We don't, no longer are in the Garden of Eden. There's going to be, there's going to be situations we find ourselves in that because of the, the curse of sin upon this world, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be where we're going to find a perfect thing. Yet, the expectation is still that increase. Multiply. Yes, you might have to work harder. Yes, you might have to labor and sweat and there's going to be thorns and thistles and, 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 and Eve, when you give birth, there's going to be sorrow. But listen, there's still going to be that. There's still going to be increase. There's still going to be multiplying. Later on, even after God judges the earth for, and humanity for uh, its evil imagination, its violence, we see in Genesis chapter 8, Verse 17, he says here, Bring forth with, every, with thee every living thing that is with thee, of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle, and of every creeping uh, thing that creepeth upon the earth, that ye may breed abundantly in the earth, and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. So even as, as God was preparing, um, preparing this, this re renewal of the earth, the mentality God still wanted upon, uh, that, that uh, wanted. Uh, that man would carry through in this renewal was that they would multiply. That they would increase. In, in chapter 9, verse 1, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, 
and replenish the earth. So notice there that that didn't change, actually. The, the conditions changed. The, the, that perfect world that with perfect conditions to grow everything they needed to raise their family and all of that was changed, but, ex, but the expectation didn't change. And what, happened, what happens sometimes, I think, in our mentality is that we, we use the imperfect conditions that we are faced with, and rather than, than still following the expectation of God upon our lives, that we would increase in Him, that, that we would do something with the blessings that He's given us, sometimes what we do is we blame and we look at the imperfections that we face, and we use that as an excuse to stop growing. We'll say, well, this could have been better. Well, that could be done better. Well, th- this could be something that I would rather, if it was this, then I would then be this. But actually, let's, let's, let's look at the expectation of God. And it was this. No, keep, keep growing. Keep, in- keep increasing. See, even when the conditions of the earth were less than optimal, here's what God's mindset was for, for, for man. Increase. That was his mindset, and that's the mindset we need to have. And beyond that, God still enabled growth. After the, 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 the fall of man, after the, the curse, he still enabled growth. He still enabled woman to give birth. He still enabled man to be able to till the ground and to raise something from it, even in its cursed state. And so what does that mean for us? I think there's a spiritual principle here that we can't miss. And we're going to see this in Jeremiah chapter 29. And, and maybe you may have even been tempted to say that, that during this time, and, and no doubt you went through this past year, and you know a lot of churches... And a lot of Christians had this mentality that, well, it's COVID, it's pandemic. Well, it's, it's, it's a little different now. It's a bit difficult. Well, you know, we're living in a time in our country where, where you know, only one in, uh, one in, one in eight uh, come to church somewhat regularly. And how you define that is once a month. Well, it's not what it used to be. And some of you lived through those used to be years where people went to church more prevalently and you talked to someone, they understood the Bible and and you might be tempted to, be, to, to have the excuse this morning to say, well, we're living in this world and so there's nothing much we can do. We're living in this time where it's difficult to be a Christian, where it's difficult to raise your family in this sort of environment. It's difficult to uh, live the Christian life. It's difficult to see something done for God. And, and it's not perfect anymore. We're no longer in a time where people understand the Bible. We're no longer in a time where, where people are readily, uh, readily willing to listen to us when we present the gospel to them. And, and yet, can I submit to you this morning, God's mindset and our mindset still needs to be increased. You know, sometimes we can excuse away all of our, all of our problems and all of those things that are challenges in the Christian life. And we can say, well, there's nothing much I can do. And you may have even been tempted, even in this special time in world history where there's other challenges. I mentioned earlier that, you know, the churches in Sydney, they can't meet in person today. 
And you know, some people could have just said, well, here we go again, live stream. Ah, don't worry about it. We'll just wait it out. <laughs> we'll just come back to church when we can. And sometimes we can just use those kind of things. And see, the church and us as believers, we, there's many things that we can't help. Can't help the condition of this world. But what we can help is, the, is, is having the right mindset and attitude about it. And, and I want you to look now in Jeremiah chapter 29. We read the first seven verses, but this was a letter that, that was given to Jeremiah to write to the people who were going into captivity. Now, the, the, the nation of Israel, they, they had all of the history now in the, in the promised land. They had built cities. They had done all of that. And, and yet, what we know about the, the people of Israel, God's people in the Old Testament, was that they, um, they, they were up and down. And now to the point where God was actually, in this moment, chastening them. Babylon was about to take them captive. And yet, in, the, in the, the whole process of that, notice what God says to the nation of Israel, those who will be carried away captive. Notice verse 4, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Notice, the, notice what he says, build ye houses and dwell in them and plant, plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives, and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons. And give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, that ye may be increased there. And notice his desire, and not diminished. You know, I don't know about you, but I would find it hard to feel like I had a future if I was being held captive. I would find it difficult to feel like I, I would have any sort, of, uh, any sort of increase in a place where I'm being held captive. And yet God's expectation didn't change for His people. As much as He blessed them in the promised land, He says, no, build houses and raise your family. He says, plant gardens. And He says this, that ye may be increased there. And I want to I bring you a thought this morning about that. You know, we're in a time as a, as a people, really, we're, we're in transition. Um, right now we're here, and I understand that there's things that we want to continue to do as a church. We want to dream a little bit to see a, 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 a community and a, and a state and a country and a world one for Christ, Right? Can I tell you that that can happen right now, even in in really unideal situation? I'm not. I, I wish we could move here this week, but for a few months, all things being equal, you won't have a pastor for a while. I'll be I'll be with you, but I won't be with you. Does that make sense? And, and you might be tempted to think, well, I'll just wait till he's here, and then things will happen. Listen. God isn't about the ideal situation, and then there will be increase. No, no, God is in this, that we would just have the mindset that whatever situation we find ourselves in, we would have the mindset to keep going. And I want to encourage you this morning about a couple of things that, as we observe Scripture, um, hopefully will help you. And, you know, sometimes, as we spoke about even last week, sometimes it's the season of life. 
Sometimes you might look at yourself and you might be a young person and you might be where, well, when I'm a little older, then I'll just see something done for God. Listen, David, David was excused that way. You're but a youth. And yet he, he was the one that slew the giant. And maybe you're an older person, you're thinking, well, I'm in the last season, the last quarter of my life, what can I do there? Listen, God's mindset for you still is increase. Go forward. Do more. Do what you can. And here's, here's the first thought I want to give you. You know, our circumstances really shouldn't stop us from increasing through God's enabling. Because at the end of the day, it's God's enabling. You know, he commanded, he said, he said to them, build ye houses and dwell in them. And plant gardens and eat the fruit of them and take ye wives and beget sons and daughters. And we understand that, that, that literally he was telling them, you're going to do that. And we're going to find out later why, because they were going to be in the, that situation for 70 years. We spoke last week, last Sunday night about the fact that we don't always know when seasons of our lives will end. And, and yet it's all about making the most of that season. Well, it's in that vein, I want to tell you that it really, it's not about our circumstances. It's not about the conditions in which we face that, that we ought to have the mindset of increase, that we, there's even a possibility of that. No, 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 God it, it expects that of us. And then secondarily to that, and really importantly, God also enables that through us. And he's saying here that, that even though you're in captivity, even though you're in, in an unideal situation, I still want you to think about increase. See, much of the language that God used here to his people in captivity, actually it was similar language he gave to Adam and Eve. And what he was saying, it was the circumstances that they faced, that was not the issue that they needed to focus on. His instruction to them was keep going. And your circumstances may not be ideal. Your your, your your comfort level may not be ideal. The, you're going to find yourself in a strange land. You're going to find yourself in uncomfortable situations. And yet, still in that, in that process, in those moments, that you may increase there. You know, actually, it lines up pretty well with Jesus' mentality as he spoke to, to those that were listening in the parables, you know, the parable of the talents. Remember that, that, that in that story, there was one who hid his talent, the one-talent man? And his excuse was this, well, I knew you were an austere man. And yet the rebuke wasn't to those who had done something with it, with the talents. The rebuke was to the one who maintained. He didn't lose the talent. He just never increased. He, he didn't lose the, the one talent that he had. In fact, he secured it. He hid it. But what he didn't do was what the, his, his Lord expected was to invest it, to increase it. See, it was occupy till I come. That word occupy simply is to invest. It means do something with it. And, you know, we, we might live in a time, we might even be in a specific situation where, where as a church, it's not quite ideal yet. There's things that we think we need to take care of. Maybe in your own situation, you might feel like, well, I'm not quite ready yet for this and that. And, and can I tell you, whatever situation you find yourself in, don't focus on that. Focus on this mentality. God wants me to grow. God wants me to increase. 
And, and, you know, it's always been actually in times where they're not ideal. It's always actually been in those times where God's people thrived. You know, you think about the, the first century church in the book of Acts. You understand that the, the gospel actually was spread. And actually there was an addition to the church like probably no other time in history. Because people, God's people were on the run. They were persecuted. You look at history, you look at times when uh, revivals happen. If you read about the Welsh revivals, the Welsh revivals didn't come because people's hearts were warm. Actually, if you read about that, uh, uh, the, the preacher Roberts who was there as a, as a young person, you read about his recollection of that time. Actually, those Welsh revivals happened in the midst when people's hearts were cold and hard. You know, sometimes... I hear this a lot, you know, as you travel around Australia, you hear this a lot, oh, Australia's a really hard field. It's a really hard field. Uh, people are very, you know, they're, they're secular-minded and they're materialistic and it's just really, it's a hard field. You hear missionaries coming in, that's, that's a reputation Australia has. <laughs> and sometimes we could use that as a bit of an excuse, like, oh, well, we're not seeing the things we're seeing in other places because... Well, it's Australia. Well, it's, it's, and I understand it's a different field. A couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to, to go to the Philippines and minister there, and we went to the, the South Island, and I was with an American missionary. Some of you might know him, Doug Sisson, and we just went out soul winning one afternoon, just went out. And, um, and just so you know, some of you might be wondering, I, I actually don't speak any Tagalog, okay? I can't speak it. I can understand it, though, so if you say something about me, I'll know. Right, but I went over there, and you know, I didn't, I couldn't speak. It's a different dialect, even in that South Island. But we, we were just walking around, trying to talk to people as best as we can. And he asked me about Australia. He said, "Well, what do you think about Australia?" So, and I, I have to confess, I said the same thing. Oh, it's a hard field, preacher. Oh, it's difficult. You know, you 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 talk to people, and they they don't want a, a bar of you if you speak. You know, there's two things that Aussies don't like to talk about: politics and religion. Right. I said the same thing, and I, I, unfortunately, I had that mindset. I said, oh, and he asked about the church. He asked about the works around. And I said, oh, they're all struggling, Pastor. They're just, you know, it's difficult over there. And then we were walking, and we were walking on this gravel path, and he, he just, we just stopped. He stopped, so I stopped. And he said, do you think anything can grow on this, on this gravel road? And, you know, at that it sort of caught, caught me off guard, so I said, no, nah, probably not, because I looked and there was nothing. And he said, you know, um, actually it can. He says, if you, if you clear it a bit and you just, you know, you work at it and you work at it, you know, eventually this, this, is, this can be ground that you can break up and you can actually plant something here. And he said, you know, Australia is that way. He said, it, it might be difficult, but you just keep working your way. And you know what he was telling me? Have the mindset of increase. <laughs> Have the mindset that something can happen. Have the mindset that, you know, despite the circumstance, despite the situation, you're going to find yourself with the, with the mentality and the attitude that whilst it's not ideal, God can do something. That, that, that I can, through God's enabling, do something and see something done with my life for Him. And, you know, you look at all of the following descriptions that we see here in Scripture. He says, build. You know, to build, you need to make plans. 
It takes effort. It takes planning. He says, plant a garden. You know, that you understand you can't just toss seeds out. There's no, there's no magic beans from, from Jack, all right? You can't just chuck it out the window and something won't grow overnight. You know, it takes time. He says, plant, then you'll take yield. It takes patience and waiting. He even says, hey, marry. You know, a marriage is a commitment. It's, a, it's an understanding that you're going to have a future together. It takes preparation. It takes wisdom. He even says, have children, beget. You know what that is? It's heritage. It's, it's history. It's legacy. He's saying, do all of that in captivity. Do all of that despite your circumstance. And, and you know, it's just so in line with, with God's attitude. You know, in this time, from a spiritual sense, again, we're not ministering in ideal times. We're not. We're not in the midst of the Welsh revivals. We're not even in Wales. We're not even New South Wales. Hallelujah. <laughs> and yet, so often, we stop at the conditions, we stop at the circumstance, and, and our, our mindset is not aligned to God's mindset. You know, we can't wait around for the ideal conditions before we see something done for God. You can't. Maybe you're waiting for your ideal time to serve God. Listen, the ideal time is now. Because God, God's given you all He's given you is now. And whatever that is. And we, we've got to forge ahead knowing that God has both equipped us and engaged us and enabled us. You know, let's, let's be reminded in 1 Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 3 that actually we're, God's the one that gives the increase, but we have to co-labor with Him. And I hope that we have the mindset as a church and as, as believers this morning that despite the circumstance, we want to do something for God. We want to have a mindset of just increase. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 21.5, the thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness, but of everyone that is hasty only to want. You know, the time is now isn't for us to, to batten down the hatches and, and make sure we just, you know, I often ask our, our young people over the years, um, coming into to high school, I ask them, do you want to survive or thrive? Do you want to survive or thrive in your teen years? And the, the, the mindset has to be, let's thrive. You know, our, our continuation then should, should, be, should bring influence. Notice the next verse, he says, and seek, in verse 7, so do this in your captivity, in unideal circumstance, and seek the peace of the city, whither I have caused you to be carried away captives. And pray unto the Lord for it, for in the peace thereof shall ye have peace. You know, he says, beyond that, you know, as you do that for me, as you think increase, he says, pray for the, pray for the peace of the city. You know, sometimes we, we fight the place where we live. You know, they were going to live in a place they didn't want to, they didn't want to live there. But, you know, God was clear. He says, I'm going to put you there. And so wherever they were, they were, to, they were to build. They were to plant gardens. They were to take wives. They were to beget sons and daughters. 
And he's saying, but in that place, you're going to have the mind that you're going to seek the peace of the city. It's interesting. You know, God's people, wherever they are, they're supposed to better the place they live in. You're supposed to better the place that you live in. You know, sometimes here's, here's what we do, and, and you know, um, we, 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 like to be, we like to complain, don't we? We complain about our local member, complain about, complain about the city, you know, oh, Brisbane, that place, oh, it's a, it's a wicked city. Try living in Sydney, all right? It's a wicked city, and you, you know, you preach against the city, but I wonder if you pray for the peace of the city. I wonder if you have the mindset, well, yeah. I mean, that's who they are. That's who we, where we live in. We live in a sin-cursed world. It's a wicked world. But we're meant to be salt and light. But we're meant to be, as we have the mindset, okay, I want to do something for God. I want to I establish something for the Lord. I want to raise my family in this place. We're meant to seek the peace of the city. And God's people, who, who we are, we're, we're supposed to be the type that would better the place that God has put us in, the circumstances didn't excuse them uh, to, to just simply complain and murmur about this city. And by the way, if you look at history, you look at Babylon, you think times are wicked now, look at Babylon. <laughs> Babylon. In fact, when God wanted to name something later on in the book of Revelation, mystery Babylon, that wicked and he described it every which way that was evil. He used that name Babylon. And yet, in Babylon, they were to seek the peace of the city. You know what we do? We, we like to cry against the city. You know, we'll preach. And, and uh, thank God for, for brave, courageous, faithful witnesses. But I wonder if that, that witness is underpinned by just a brokenness for people and the city and those places where, where wickedness is prevalent. And I hope that we have the mindset that as we labor here and as we see the, our city changing and as we see the, the, the coming of the Lord drawing nigh and we, saw, we see all of those conditions, that as we're here, as God gives us the space of time, that we would just seek to be an influence and seek to be a help and seek to better the place that God has placed us in. You know, we, we at times, we can cry against the city, but do we pray for the city? And you know, our increase, as we just labor for the Lord, as we believe that God can do something in these unideal situations that we face, uh, as we increase, that, that should flow into the place that we find ourselves in. You know, in, the, in, in Matthew chapter 5, the description of us, we're supposed to be a city that is set on the hill. You know, it's, it's hard to miss a city that's lit up on a hill. You know what we're supposed to be? We're supposed to be a city within a city. You know, we're in a city of darkness because we're in a dark time. But we're supposed to be a city that is set on a hill. We're supposed to be light, church. You know, we ought to be, we, it, it ought to be that we're encroaching more and more. It ought to be that, that as we observe around that we don't just stay complaining, but we, we keep going, we keep laboring, we keep witnessing, we keep testifying of the goodness of God, and we ought to live lives that are so different that it just can't be helped 
That's light. This is darkness. It ought to be that our mindset is that, well, let's just influence. You know, an increasing people of God really results in a city that it's, that's ex- affected by the gospel. You know how the gospel is, is described? It's the gospel of peace. And so it's meant to be that as we're increasing in our, in our walk with God and in, in establishing God's heritage and establishing those things, the, the right mindset that, that then the, the really encroaching into the city is this peacefulness about it. And see, the previous verse was about growing a family within captivity. And I think that's such a vivid picture of, of being a gospel presence. You know, we're meant to win others for the Lord. You know, there's some people that, that you will be with this week that I will never, ever meet. There's some people that you'll come across that God, God placed that person in your life so that you can simply give them a gospel tract. That you can simply be their friend and be there in a time of need so that you can introduce them to Jesus. That's meant to be. And the way a family increases, our family increases, is by winning the lost to Christ. And, you know, you, you can't wish you were elsewhere. You know, sometimes you think about the, the mission field and you, you sit with, just sit with Brother Alex a little bit and he'll tell you all about the, the 5,000 tracks you can give in two hours, right? I was just sharing a little bit about some trips I've had. I went to Sri Lanka and literally you can give out a million tracks in a year by just throwing it out the window as you drive. And you might be thinking, well, that's littering. No, not over there. <laughs> Everyone picks it up. You have young people pick up tracks from the ground, read it, call in and say, hey, I got saved. <laughs> and the, the, all these places, sometimes you go, well, maybe it's, oh, I wish it was like that over there. Well, it isn't. It isn't like that here. But that doesn't mean we don't do it. <laughs> that doesn't mean we don't go and we try what we can and do what we can. And you, you can't wish you were elsewhere. You've got to affect the place you're, you're in right now and you know, an increasing people of God results in a city that's, that's interceded for to the God of peace. Notice what he says there, and seek the peace of the city. He says, and pray unto the Lord for it. When was the last time you, you prayed for this place? You know, Wednesday nights, I'm sure, we'll have missions letters. And we'll to pray for the world. You know, you, you go back there, those, those, those red dots... There's faces in the, on those stickers. Those are missionaries, and we ought to pray for their places they live. But when was the last time you prayed for this place, for, for your city, for your community where you live, for the community that our church is in? When was the last time? You know, have you prayed for your city? Have you prayed for our nation? Have you prayed for our world? And, you know, one of the exhortations that, Paul gave Timothy was that was this I exhort therefore that first of all supplications prayers intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men says so for kings and for all that are in authority and that you may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty because here's the result he says in in verse 7 says for in the peace thereof shall ye have peace hey Busy complaining, maybe better busy praying. <laughs> you know, when was the last time? We, something we don't like, something, something immoral in our, in our community, something that, that, that just 
is a blight to the name of Christ. Listen, instead of complaining about it, how about we pray for the city? How about we pray? Because when we pray, that leads to peace and godliness in our time. There's a corresponding result to that. And so our, our, our circumstances, and that's not the problem. It's a mindset. You know, our continuation in all of that, it will result in, in peace for the city and peace for us. And at the end of the day, I want to remind you, it's just God enabling us. You know, our, our consolation is this, you know, as we labor, and, and, and no doubt I'm not making this sound, I hope it's not sounding like it's easy. We, we have to labor. It, it's more difficult when the conditions aren't ideal. But, but God enables us. And God was clear that this was for a season. Look at verse 10. For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. You know, one day, soon I believe, God, God's going to call his people home. And you know what? It's only this time. It's only this time that we can actually do something for God. When, when we hear a loud trumpet sound, it'll be all over. It'll be game time. It's done. And we'll be up in heaven and we'll be rejoicing. Boy, it'll be great. We'll, we'll, have, the, we'll, 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 we'll have the whole family back together. But you know what? All the labor and toil that we could, all of the increase that we could have done for the Lord, no longer. And he's saying it's going to be for a season for these people. And then he says in verse 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And you know, this, this was all God's promises to them. You know, right now, we're, we're not in ideal circumstances. You know, he, he said in 1 Peter 1, 6, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. And the consolation we have is this, that, is, is that we can trust God in what he's given us to do and how he's going to enable us to do it. We can trust God in that. See, God felt it important enough to, to note how long of a captivity these people are going to have. And we don't know how long we have. You know, the, the, typical, the typical lifespan is still 70 years, isn't it? And so there's a type there. The type of, you know, we're meant to live our lives in all of its, from beginning to end, with a mindset of increase. But can I remind you about a couple of things He's going to perform his good word toward you, he says in verse 10. You know, the, the, the great thing is this. We have a book of promises that he will keep. Hey, listen, church. Maybe you're not seeing that in your life. Maybe there's struggles. Maybe there's things that you just can't see past. Listen, you have a book full of instruction and promise. And he's going to keep his word. I hope you're in it. I hope that you're reminding yourself, you know, when you're going through hardship when you're going through times where you're trying to live for God and there just, just seems to be a world that's buffeting you, you have the promises of His Word. He's going to keep His good Word to you. <laughs> you know, He hears our prayers. 
He said that he's going to hear our prayers. You know, he, he, he has our good in heart. And so whatever circumstance that he might bring you through, it's, it's actually for our good, no matter if we see it or not. He hears our prayers. You know, he's willing to be sought. Listen, when was the last time in, through, your, through this, this whole process, that, have you sought God with all of your heart? Have you sought him? He, he said there that if you'll seek him, you'll find him. If you search for him with all your heart, you're going you're gonna to find him. He hears you. He wants to be sought. And then at the end, he's going to bring it all to a triumphant end. Can I, just, can I just help you recall this morning that we're on the winning side? Hey, listen, talk about motivation to just keep going and increasing and growing. At the end, no matter what, we win. You know why? Because God is the ultimate victor in all of this. He's going to bring it to a triumphant end. He says that in verse 14, And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. And I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations, and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place whence I cause you to be carried away captive, you know, all tied up one day, and God's, God's going to win. And if you're one of his, you win too. But you know what? That's not a reality for future. That's a reality for now. Because the Bible tells us that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Hey, listen, you've already got the victory. So live that way. You know, don't, don't, worry, about this. don't, worry, about, don't worry about the fact that we live in an imperfect country. We're, we're just sojourning. Don't worry about the fact that we live in an imperfect world and there's no perfect condition. Worry about a mindset of increase. How are you growing? Have you just stopped because it's too hard? Have you stopped because really, well, it's not the time that we... Listen, that doesn't matter. What matters is this. God's instructed us to, and God has enabled us to. And so I hope that we would be that way. You know, do we retreat because of obstacles? Do we retreat because we are hoping our circumstances change? Or do we resort to our Lord knowing that his desire for us to increase even in a time and a place that very much so is contrary to, to all things of faith. You know, may our Lord help us be for increase. May the Lord help us to see this time in the days ahead with eyes of faith, knowing that he's given us all this time to further his work. Uh, may it be that, that we're for increase even when the surrounding circumstances make it seem unlikely. And I want to I implore you, church. You know, there's, there's things that we're still working through. But let's not stop laboring for the Lord. Let, let's believe that God is able. Let's believe that, you know, there's, there's this city that needs the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. And maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you're looking at the hopelessness of this world. And, and you know what? I don't blame you because it is a hopeless world. But, but hope is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Lord Jesus, he saw the circumstance, and you know, he didn't just sit there. He willingly came to this sin-sick world. He, he lived the perfect life, and then he willingly laid down his life. You know why? Because he saw you. He saw what was possible in your life, that you could get saved. 
that, that you could have your destiny changed forever. And he did that for you. He did that for me. And he did that for all. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you're not saved, maybe today is a day of your salvation. So we're going to pray. We'll ask the Lord to bless. And we're going to have a time of invitation now. So have every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. And we're just going to have a time just to think on those things that we've just heard from his word. And as the piano begins to play, I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions, if you would please respond. Just with, a, with an uplifted hand, I want to ask you firstly, as the piano begins to play, if you're, if you're here this morning, if you were to die today, would there be a time, was there a time in your life where you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not about how good you are. It's about the work of Christ on the cross. Was there a time where you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Is there anyone here, just with an uplifted hand, to just say, Pastor, pray for me. I don't know. I don't know if there was a time I ever trusted Jesus to be my Savior. If I was to die today, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know how to get to um, heaven. I wouldn't know if I'm saved. Is there anyone here just with an uplifted hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to pray for you this morning. Is there anyone here? The pastor, pray for me. That's me. I'm not saved. If I were to die today, I have no guarantee. Is there anyone here? I don't see any hands. Then I want to ask you, Christian, as the piano is playing, do you have a mindset of increase? Has the circumstances and has the, the time of history gotten to you and you've just, you've just given up? You've just sort of just said, well, I'm just going to batten down the hatches and I'm just going to survive. Is there anyone here? Just say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to I have a mindset of increase. Is there anyone here? See those hands. See those hands. Anyone else? See those hands. See those hands. Thank you. I'll pray for you. Anyone else? See those hands. Thank you. All right, no one looking around. Let's all stand to our feet. If you raise your hand, I want to invite you to come. The altar's open this morning. We're just going to take a time of prayer. If you raise your hand, just say, say, Lord, I want to have a mindset of increase. I want to just keep going for you. I don't want to stop blaming the circumstances. I don't want to use those excuses anymore. I just want to keep on for you. And so as the piano plays, let's all just take some time to pray. Whether you're standing or you're here at the altar, let's take the time to just uh, to seek the Lord this morning.